Hey guys, welcome to another edition of the Shire Salvos podcast. Jack and Claire Clifton here with you to keep you updated on everything that's happening in our church community at both our Menai and Miranda locations. Claire, great to be with you once more. How are you doing this evening? I am very good on this very wet, rainy Sunday afternoon. And there's cause for celebration, Claire. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to make it, but I guess the amalgamation of the two services today for the first time yes. in, in a long time. Um, 9.30 Church is, is back after all the COVID drama of, of the past. How was it this morning? It was so good. It was so good to um, catch up with people that I hadn't seen, oh, I guess, for a while. Um, so that was really lovely. And I guess what's significant about this day as well is that it's the first time we've been um, together and as one church um, since we came together for one worshipping community with Shire Salvos, um, Menai and Miranda coming together. Mm. Um, so that's really significant as well. And so, yeah. It's exciting. And Mark spoke up from Ephesians. We'll be playing that a little bit later on Mm -hmm. um, in in the podcast. But we're going to get stuck in and take a look at uh, what's happening uh, around the traps at both Menai and Miranda. We've got a few things happening uh, as we lead ourselves into December. So the first cab off the rank in regards to news or, or different things that are happening um, at the church is what uh, Claire and I just spoke about, the Sunday services. So from now on or from uh, today, the, the 21st November, when we're recording this podcast, uh, we've gone back to one service. So that's going to be happening at 9.30 a.m. each Sunday morning. So uh, you'll still need to register for that service and we need everyone to make sure um, that they're signing in, uh, using the QR code and all of those kinds of things to ensure that we're uh, maintaining um, uh, safety with with regards to the COVID rules and different things like that. Um, If you're wondering um, about what that website is or um, where you need to go to to book your tickets, um, the best way, uh, well, there's there's probably three ways for you to to book your place uh, for church if you haven't done it uh, so far. Uh, You can contact the church office. You can phone them. If if you're maybe someone that's not too savvy with social media, that's probably uh, the easiest way for you to do it. Uh, You can also jump on the Shire Salvos uh, website as or the Facebook page as well, uh, which is Shire Salvos. um, in your Facebook search bar, and uh, yeah, they've got the the register now link, uh, which is uh, which is there if you want to click on, or if you want to go directly to that website, uh, it's shiresalvos.eventbrite, which is all one word. dot com, shiresalvos.eventbrite. dot com to to book your place um, with uh, with church. So um, yeah, that uh, is how you can uh, book your place, and uh, yeah, be joining um, each and all of the wonderful people at uh, at church um, each uh, each Sunday morning. Claire, you've got a bit of an update about the boys basketball that's uh, been happening the last couple of weeks. Yeah, so we've been announcing this the last few weeks, but just a reminder that the boys basketball happens every Wednesday night during the school term from 6 to 7 p.m. at the Menai location. It's $5. Um, And for more information, you can contact Zach um, through the church office um, and get some more information. The other um, announcement, which I've talked about um, as well, is the gingerbread house party, which I did say the first week that I was very jealous and I want to, I want to go along and get my ticket. But since then, I've got, only got one arm to use as Might I'm in a class. Might be a tad difficult. Yeah, I did think about putting the challenge out for someone else to lend one arm and we could do a bit of a challenge together. But look, I might just give it a miss. But I encourage you not to miss out on that. It's fifth, uh, sorry, $35 for a kit um, and it's on Monday the 6th of December at Shire Sabo's Menai. 
Yeah, and if you're interested in, in doing that or interested in in, uh, in bringing a friend along or a grandma or a mom or a sister, um, it is a great uh, way to, um, I guess, uh, talk about talk about God and, and talk about Jesus in, in a little bit less of a threatening environment. Um, and there is a, a website that, um, that you can register online um, and that, that you can also access that through the, the Shire Salvo's uh, Facebook page um, as well. Uh, that pretty much brings us to the end of all of our news section for this week. Just a reminder, if you, you want to be staying up to date with what's happening in the life of the church, you can be um, making sure that you're heading to the Shire Salvos website and also their Facebook page. So uh, the website is shiresalvos.org.au and our Facebook page, as we mentioned before, is, is Shire Salvos. Um, so you punch that into your Facebook search bar, you'll be able to uh, be directed to everything that's happening in the life of our church with uh, a big month of December coming up and Christmas services and Christmas Eve services and different things uh, that are happening in the week and also on Sunday. We're going to jump in and take a listen to Mark's sermon from for this week. Mark was speaking uh, from uh, Ephesians, um, and uh, yeah, it was a, a really challenging talk uh, from Mark. Great to have him bring the word to us on what was a pretty yeah, momentous occasion with, uh, uh, I guess, the, all of the services merging uh, together. So this is Mark uh, chatting to us from Ephesians here on the Shire Salvos podcast. What a way to start a nice controversial passage. How about that? Heard some men go, mmm, preach it, yeah, yeah. Well, it'll have a little twist. I'll come back to that in a second. But we are up to week 30 um, of the story. Week 30 of the story, going through the Bible. And um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that passage in a little while. Um, when uh, we were on our trip, sometimes with all this lockdown, Laura and I have been reminiscing about the trip and all the good times and um, I can remember uh, we went to uh, Mount Surprise, was it Mount Surprise in Queensland, and at that particular time and year, it was like a must-see because there was thousands and thousands of butterflies absolutely everywhere. And when we pulled up at the caravan park, we're walking in, and there's butterflies just going everywhere, and they, Zoe's going, you're hitting the butterflies. I said, well, I can't do it. They're just everywhere. They put the windows down, butterflies are coming in, and it was, it was crazy, you know? Um, and then we got a butterfly catcher, and um, I was trying to encourage the kids catch and release Jude was more like catch and destroy but anyway but but we we worked through it there was enough to go around put it that way they were all on the floors anyway and Lauren thought I was so thoughtful she thought I was so thoughtful she goes that's so nice that you wanted to have the kids to have a good experience watching this you know once in a lifetime sort of thing with all the butterflies and and all this stuff I said no this is Australia's best vanilla slices at this place you know what I mean I was like so and you know the biggest disappointment they were not Australia's best vanilla slices. I'm known for being a little bit of a food critic um, in our household. Um, some people still can't believe that um, I uh, rate my wife's meals, but then they, they, they've been slowly improving over the years. But yeah, anyway. But honestly, if you went over to Bangor, if you went over to Bangor and got their vanilla slices, they're about ten times better than the vanilla slices that I had that day. It was a very disappointment. Maybe they're like two or three days old. I don't know. But anyway, but enough about the vanilla slices. Okay, but I was extremely disappointed. Okay, um, get back on to, that's right, we're talking about butterflies. Yeah, that's right. Um, so we're talking about butterflies. And it was honestly beautiful. And I'm saying, this is amazing. Something in the cocoon comes and there's just thousands of them everywhere. And one of the things that I'm trying to do more is speak with people who feed your spirit. So I caught up with June. Give us a wave, June, over there. She's an amazing prayer warrior and um, a good friend to a, a number of you here. And I caught up with her um, for coffee. I don't do coffee, but we caught up for coffee. 
And um, I had a really manly half-strength soy latte. Look at that. Why would bother? That's what people say. Well, I've got to buy something. I might as well have that. Anyway, so we're talking, and we were just talking about real stuff, like controversial stuff that you wouldn't bring up at like parties because I don't talk about that. But real, you know, just chewing the fat on some difficult topics. And then she, out of the blue, she just starts talking about a butterfly. Do you know the story about a butterfly, Mark? I said, no. She goes, well, there's a story about a butterfly and a, um, the, the butterfly struggling to get out of the cocoon. And the boy sees the struggle of the butterfly and it cuts a little bit of the cocoon just to make it a little bit easier for the butterfly to, well, he thought, escape. But eventually the butterfly was too weak and it fell on the ground and it dies. And so what happens when the butterfly is struggling to get out of the cocoon and the butterfly is struggling, what happens is the fluid, the fluid runs right down to the ends of the wings and enables it to be strong enough for when it eventually gets out, it can fly. And I want to tell you this, it's the struggle that allows the butterfly to fly. But for you and I, it's beautiful to God when we trust him through our struggles because it enables us to fly. You with me? It's beautiful to God. Think about it. When we trust him through our struggles because it enables us to fly. And I want to tell you, just like the butterfly, it's the struggle that allows the butterfly to fly and often it is the struggle, but it's not the struggle on its own. It's the struggle with trust in God that will enable you to fly in life. You with me? Who wants to do some flying in this life? Yeah? I don't want to be walking all the time. I want to be doing some flying. And that's what God, when you partner with the Holy Spirit, He does. And I want, to, want us to bring a point, and there is a point to this, is Paul's life was like that. Paul's life was full of struggle. We see he has a rich conversion on the road to Damascus. He was someone who killed Christians and now he is a Christian. And then we go through eventually he's in, um, he's in prison for two years. And then he goes on some, um, uh, he's shipwrecked and he's on an island. And then he gets to Rome and he's under house arrest. I mean, Victorians would know what that's like for two years. He was under house arrest. Well, Victorians have been nearly under arrest for nearly two years. Too close to home, too soon, maybe. Yeah, yeah, for all those Victorians. Sorry, June. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's there. And he eventually finds himself in a dungeon. Tied up like a dog. And eventually Emperor Neo, 67 or 68 years after Jesus had died on the cross, kills him. And during that time, he wrote letters to encourage the believers. And this is one of the letters that he wrote. This is one of the passages that he wrote. But I want to celebrate something that I don't think we celebrate in the church very often. We often celebrate the drastic conversion. We often like the road to Damascus. We often celebrate those ma massive moments in our faith. But what about the little wins? What about the little progress? What about the, the inner transformation over a period of time where God changes our heart ever slowly but ever so much? You with me? You ever looked at someone and thought, God's doing a work in them? I can see a change. I can see a shift. You ever seen that? 
And you know, I, Lauren and I were working out. I think I've been here for about 15 years and some people have come, some people have gone. And, but I've seen God gradually do an inner work in so many people. And I want to celebrate that today and I want to celebrate it through Paul. And there's two particular passages. And the one that was read, um, I'm going to talk about that. But I want to talk about a passage that was written by Paul nine years earlier. Okay, And I want you to see the difference about how God, through Paul's challenges, heartache in prison, through the valley, the mountaintops experience, had changed his heart to have a better understanding of what the church is and isn't, but also what marriage is and isn't. Are you with me? So I want to take us back. So like that passage was read. Think about nine years earlier. And this is the romantic passage that you never hear read at weddings. And this is it. 1 Corinthians 7. Now, how romantic would this be on your wedding day to hear this? This would be good Bible reading for you guys. Maybe uh, we should put that in your, your wedding. It says now, marriage. 1 Corinthians 7. Now, for the matters you wrote about, they were talking about um, immorality. A marriage you wrote about, it is good for a man not to marry. Okay? It's good for, for men, or you men, don't marry. Um, but you should, but since there's so much immorality, since you can't control yourselves, you men, each man should have his own wife and each woman her own husband. The husband should fulfill his marital duty to his wife, and likewise the wife to her husband. Isn't it getting warm and fuzzy in here? You know, this is awesome. And then it says this, the wife's body does not belong to her alone, but also to her husband. In the same way, the husband's body does not belong to him alone, but also to his wife. Do not deprive each other except by mutual consent for a time. And get this, I love this bit. So that you may devote yourselves to prayer. Isn't that beautiful? And then it goes on. It says, then come together again so that Satan will not tempt you because of your lack of self-control. Oh, this is just beautiful marriage stuff. I mean, I should do this in my marriage prep classes more often. But then it goes on in verse 8. It says, now to the unmarried and the widows, I say, it is good for them to stay unmarried as I am. Oh, yes. Yes, Paul. And it says this. But if they cannot control themselves, they should marry, for it is better to marry than to burn with passion. Like, like let's, just, let's just think about that. Paul, a man who loved Jesus, wrote this. But I think nine years later, through some ups and downs and some intimacy with God, he had a better understanding of marriage. Do you think? And I think God wants us, you and I, he wants to do an inner work in us so that we can have a better understanding of his heart and who he is. And it's not sometimes the biggest things out, oh, I was doing this and now I'm doing that. Sometimes it's the little inner work that God wants to do in your life. That, my friend, is called holiness. God gradually does it. He molds us. He shapes us into his likeness. And sometimes there's big things that he takes out. And you go, yeah. And then other times it's a slow work in progress. And I want to tell you today, celebrate some of the slow work in progress that God has done in your life. You may not have arrived. We've never arrived. But celebrate. Some of this slow process that he has done and changed your heart. Are you with me? And then we get to Ephesians 5. 
This is 22, 23, talking about marriage. And I'm only going to look at four verses. And they're the verses that talk about the church. And this was written in a time when women were actually, um, actually a Jewish prayer was, Lord, thank, uh, God, thank you that I am not a Gentile, a slave or a woman. They would pray this. Because women were treated as possessions. They had no rights. They were considered as a thing. To be done with as you please. It's terrible, isn't it? I think we've come a long way. There's still a little way to go. but So that's where we're coming from. And then he writes this after all this journey, after understanding God's heart even more. We, we get these four particular passages and it says this. Now as a church, verse 24, now as a church, now as a church submits to Christ. That's what we're called to do. We are the church. The Holy Spirit lives in us. We are called to be his hands and feet. Now as the church submits to Christ, also wives should submit to their husbands in everything. Verse 25, husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. Now that, my friend, is one of the most challenging passages in the whole Bible. Husbands, love your wives as Christ, Jesus, loved the church. And what did he do for the church? He paid it all. He did whatever he could to save the church, to bless the church, to protect the church. I think if we loved our wives like this, a lot of the, a lot of the things in life may um, not happen. But you know what? There's sin in the world. There's tragedy in the world. Things happen. Things change. It's not as simple as that. Sometimes there can be abuse in relationships. There's all sorts of different things. So I'm not dismissing any of that. But this is the I, God's ideal. And if we lived in a perfect world. And then it says, after all, no one ever hated his own body, but feeds and cares for it just as Christ does the church. And then it says in verse 31, 32, For this reason a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. I've read this out a lot at weddings. This is a profound mystery, but he says this, But I'm talking about Christ and the church. Jesus and the church are one, just like you and I, and we are his hands and feet. And this is the twist. I'm not necessarily talking about marriage today. I'm talking about marriage to the church. You with me? The day you decided to follow Jesus was the day you married the church. The day you decided to follow Jesus was the day you married the church. And this is a complex issue because people have been hurt. You're thinking about the Royal Commission in the name of the church. Don't think Jesus did that. But people in the name of the church hurt people. And I know there's many of you that have been hurt by the church. People in positions like myself who have made decisions that haven't been Christ-like. That haven't been surrounded in love. And I know that the church is imperfect. But we are called to love the church because Jesus laid down his life for it. In all its imperfections. Just like I am called to love my wife. 
despite my imperfections and her imperfections, but I am committed to her through the good, the bad, the ugly, the ups and downs, and she's my wife. And God is calling us to love the church with a greater passion. You know what will change the world? Is when people love the church, how Jesus loved the church. And what will happen? We'll get a snapshot of what's happened in Acts 2. Read Acts 2. It is when the church was at its best. There was unity and blessing and people coming to know faith. It was, there was I'm still, still some issues. But are you with me? And you know this whole COVID thing? I think so easily we, we will point the finger and we'll pull down the church. And so often sometimes in marriage we can pull down our spouse when things aren't going good. But when things are going good, we're going, you're great. When things are not going good, we pull them down. And sometimes people in the church, believers in the church, including myself, sometimes out of frustration, I'll pull down the Salvation Army. Can't believe they made that decision. That's ridiculous. That's not very kingdom. You know what I mean? And I, and I say it with such a maybe prideful arrogance, like I know better. But I've done it. I've pulled down the bride of Christ. Ever pulled down another denomination? Remember, like for a while there, everyone wanted to have a go at Hillsong? I can tell you, must be doing something right. No one's perfect. And I believe the greatest calling for the Salvation in the Southern Shire is to bring the churches together. And I'm thinking, you know what, God? I believe that, that we are a key part of that to help the church get back to the hands and feet of Jesus. But I can tell you this. If our people do not love the church, capital C, not Salvation Army, I'm talking about the whole church, it's not going to happen. And I suppose, I want to put it out, I was challenged as I read the passage, do I love the church, capital C, like Jesus did? And we'd all have to say no, but you know what? I want to. Do you want to? Do you want to love the church like Jesus loved the church? That's a couple. Mm, mm. It's a challenging word. And I would say it's near impossible to be a Christian and not love the church. And I was thinking of the words that I have used that probably have not been very uh, helpful to other people. Or when I've seen other, um, we, we see immorality in some of the pastors and ministers or, or challenges in other churches and we think, oh, that's terrible. We should, our heart should break for the church when we see that. Because it's the bride of Christ. And you know what, I'm, like, I'm believing and praying that we would fall in love again with the bride of Christ. You with me? Um, I've been blessed to have a lot of good women in my life, starting from my grandparents, or, um, and then my mum. She would, I can remember still things, Ma, God's man wouldn't say that. It just rings in my head whenever I've said something not too good. <laughs> but I've also had a lot of other good women in my life, and, and one of them um, I've been fortunate enough is uh, Beth Twivey. She's our currently our AO, and um, she's been really good to me and supportive of me. Um, it's Claire's, Claire's daughter over there. Um, her daughter over there. Um, 
And she's been great. And I remember just talking to her. I'll just read, oh, well, this is happening. And I just keep her informed. And, and I don't know how we got talking to this. She goes, but Mark and, and, and her husband, David, has been through recovery. And obviously, they're passionate about working in drug and alcohol recovery. And she said, Mark, there's a saying um, in recovery, you surrender to win. You surrender to win. You give up trying to do it yourself and try and do everything in your strength. You surrender it all to win. And I was thinking, oh, that's really good for my sermon on Sunday. Um, but I was thinking, actually, that was the example of Paul's life. He surrendered it all to win. And if anything, winning in life is found in the surrender to Christ. Winning in life is found in the surrender to Christ. You with me? You're probably thinking the last three, four weeks, what have we been talking about? Recommitments, resurrender. But I'm thinking, you know what? We need it more than once on Sunday. We need it more than once at 12 months. We recommit a lot. We need, it. we need to wake up and recommit our life to Christ every day. If you want to win in life, it's found in surrendering to God, to loving his church, to partnering with people who, who want to bless others, and to be his hands and his feet. It's beautiful to God when we trust him through our struggles because it enables us to fly. And you know what? I want to see some people fly in here, achieve more than they could ever think possible through partnering with God. The day you decided to follow Jesus was the day you married the church. We need some more people to love and sacrifice and bleed for the church. And I'm not just trying to get people to collect for me and help me out at Christmas time. I'm talking about the Monday to Sunday stuff. I'm talking about being the church, surrendering your life to his will, making it the number one thing in your life. And winning in life is found in the surrender. But I also, I feel like God wants to say is don't be hard on yourselves. Don't go away beating up, oh yeah, I've said some stuff, I shouldn't do this. Go away thankful that God has given you a new fresh revelation. Go away thankful knowing that God has brought you to a place, a new place, and he's got more for you. I think of Matt. I've known Matt for a while since music camp back in the day. God's doing the work. I can see it. I was talking about someone yesterday. The edges are coming off. God's doing a new work in you. I remember when Tristan first came down, I can just see over the years, God's just done a work through you. I can see it. Ever evolving. I can just see it gradually. I remember Andrew Hill playing touch football against you, mate. I think we had a bit of a dust up. Um, but you know what? I can see God doing a work in you. An inner work. I can, I can see, and it's a gradual process. See, Kim, God's just gradually honing you and shaping you more like Him. And we don't always see, and you think, oh, God, but nothing drastic's happening. But it's ever, ever shifting, ever changing. Lynn, I can remember like two, three years ago, I can remember you're, you're frustrated and you're in despair, and you're like, I've just I've got no passions, Mark. And I look at you today, you're passionate about the Word, you're studying the Word, you're passionate about prayer. And prophecy and healing and all this stuff. You go, I've just got so many passions now. I'm like, okay, settle down now, Lynn. Um, but, but you know what? God's doing the work. I can see it. And I give him more glory for that. Jono, when, since you come to church, I've seen God do a great work in you. I've seen him give you more confidence and strength. 
I've seen a real application to your faith. I just see God doing a work in you. I'm saying, keep doing it. But it's the gradual stuff. I can see it. And Jane, I've just seen God do a new work in you and continue to do that. From some of you, you passion on fire and you go through a season and whatever and you, you come back and rediscovering your faith and God's got a calling of healing over your life. I can just see it. And it's beautiful to watch. And sometimes we actually, as ministers, as pastors, we've got to sit back and think, you know what, God, you're doing something. And I'm not taking any of the credit. He's actually doing it. Anything good, he should get all the glory. I can see it at work. And you know what? I think today God, the Holy Spirit, just wants to remind you that he loves you. But he just wants you to lay it down for him again. Lay it down again. Lay it down again. And for you not to think about, oh, when I was younger, I was committed to Christ. When I was younger, I was passionate and had all these things. But God is doing a new work. And I can see it. But we must, as a church, surrender to win. Surrender to win. The best thing you can do for our church is surrender to Him. Surrender to win. And what does that look like? Just keep coming to Him. Lay it down to Him. Making sure that He is on the throne at all times. And often I have to do this. Mark, get off the throne. Come down. Put you back. And that's what He wants us to do. We surrender to win. And I feel a deep challenge in my spirit is for us to love the church. You know, there's churches that are homeless at the moment. Churches that have been meeting in schools for years. Churches that have been meeting in clubs for years and they're homeless. And it's absolutely disgrace that other churches haven't opened arms. They shouldn't have to come begging to come into another place to worship. You know, a beautiful thing happened last week on Sunday. At 4 o'clock or 4.30, we had another church, Sea Change, come. They had 100 or so people, and they used our facility, and they, it was, they loved it. I met up with the past this week, and they were just so thankful. I said, it's the least we can do. I love the church. I want you to flourish. I want you to win people for Jesus. When you win, I win. You with me? And right now, we're, we're um, going to take some time, and I, I try not to plan it. I'm not going to tell you what to do. All I'm going to say is press in. Just press in, God, God, what is it that you want to say to me? And what's the one thing, what's one thing, God, you want me to shift or change from this conviction or this stirring? And for some of us, it's a recommitment of our life to Jesus. It's actually putting him back on the throne. Simply go, God, forgive me. I'll put you on the rightful throne. And for others, it's just a continual pursuit the gradual molding, the shaping. But remember this, you must surrender to win. So fantastic to have Mark uh, bringing us the, the word. And Claire, you were there in the, in the flesh listening to the sermon mm. from, from Mark this morning. And um, yeah, some really, I guess, poignant moments in, um, in his chat and in his, in his, in his talk this morning. Yeah, absolutely. I loved that takeaway line, surrender to win. And as someone who works in um, uh, addiction recovery, that's a, um, a saying that I hear a lot, um, but it's definitely something that actually when we surrender um, that to God, 
um, ultimately, um, that's when we truly can win at life. And mm. no, it was really good. It was really good to hear Mark's message. Um, he, yeah, it was really encouraging. And I think next week it's our final week of the story, uh, which is the series we've been doing all year. Mm. It's hard to believe we're actually at the end of it. Yeah, it's I remarkable, mean, isn't it? When we were sitting in church at the beginning of the year and they announced a 31 week series, I was thinking, gosh, that's a long time. <laughs> um, and now we're here. So um, if you enjoyed Mark's message today, and you want to hear the end of the story, I encourage you to come along next Sunday mm. morning. Register as soon as you can when it opens. Come along next Sunday. I'm a little bit biased because it's actually my mum that's coming to preach next <laughs> Sunday, um, Major Beth Twivey. So she's coming to share the word with us. And, yeah, it's going to be um, a good way to finish off the year. Yes, it certainly will. Make sure that you're booking in for that. Shiresalvos.eventbrite.com if you want to book your tickets um, or you can contact the church office as well. Claire, thanks for, I guess, uh, chewing the cud with me and uh, hanging out for the, <laughs> the last little uh, little time and uh, and talking about church. Some exciting stuff happening and looking forward to, to being there in the flesh uh, next Sunday with you. Absolutely. It'll be good. Big thanks to Mark Soper for his sermon as well. And hope you're all uh, doing well in uh, everything that's, uh, that's happening in, in your life. And yeah, just remember to, to reach out if, uh, if things aren't going too well. And we hope that, yeah, this podcast and Mark's sermon might have been um, challenging, but also, um, yeah, comfortable for you that yeah, can make you feel comfortable in, in God's love. A big thanks to everyone that has tuned in and listened uh, to the Shire Salvos podcast for this week. We'll see you next week with another edition and more stuff happening at the Shire Salvos locations.